you are ready and ride this out. We'll let you know. The Center for Disease Control in Washington, D.C. has issued a viral outbreak warning. State and local officials have reported cases of high fever, nausea, death, and even cannibalism. Stay in place until further notice. What the heck? Did you... Oh, oh, you're driving like a slug. You get to the house. Hold on, hold on. Mom's calling. Hey, did you, get, did you just get that emergency yes. alert? Yes? Okay, okay, well, I'm pulling the driver right now. We're not the U.S. Marines. I can't leave from going now. Okay, there's Barry. He's got the Jeep. Don't move. Welcome to Mandatory Redistribution Party. My name is Sean Morley. And my name is Jack Lewis Evans. In this episode, we ask, if an apocalypse happens slowly, how can we tell when it has arrived? When will we celebrate its birthday? When can you go off sick from work with apocalypse? I think you're always on after the apocalypse. No holidays. Mm, yeah, if anything, they'd use it as an excuse to ring you up. Mandos will continue even if the Earth is destroyed, and that's only possible thanks to your support. You can help others find the podcast by leaving us a five-star review on your chosen platform, sharing this episode on social media, and using mini-discs of episodes as currency inside the zone. And if you want to fund some additional lead to blast-proof the Mando's archives, you can always chuck us some scrap on patreon.com slash mandatory redistribution party and unlock a trove of treats that will last you until the air becomes breathable again. Oh, nice. Is that the Jubilee? Sounds like happy birthday, but it sounds bad. Sounds like it's coming from deep underground. Yeah, I can feel it in my boots and my bones. Mm, it's like there's a party in my ankles and no one's invited me. Hold on. Is the earth an egg and a slumbering elder god is hatching from within? Uh, I don't know where you're getting that from. I think this is uh, plate tectonics. Oh god, look. There it is. Look at its massive eye. No, it's going to be uh, a hologram. It's going to be an advert. It will be it's Fortnite probably, DLC. Oh no, I think it's its birthday. It's not going to be its birthday because it's it was just hatched. That's literally a birthday. No one you don't celebrate zero. It's not your birthday when you're born. It's my birthday. I went back into my egg for eight billion years. Now it's time to blow out the candles on my cake. Oh no, Sean. I think we're the candles. The candles are on the cake. We're the egg. I think we're both. What, what, the, we're the egg and the cake? My egg I've been in is also my cake. 
Time to breathe in and blow my candles out into space! Uh, I'm not following what... So what are the candles then? Is that trees or, or buildings? Is this guy going to blow down a forest? We're the candles. The human population of Earth. He's eight billion years old. Uh, Where are you getting ah! all this from? Are we watching the same thing? This doesn't make any sense to me. I'm quite partial to a sort of Johnny Knoxville-style prank. What, what's the criteria for a Johnny Knoxville-style prank? Have you seen this TV show Jackass? Oh, I'm, I'm familiar, but but if he launches himself into a hole and breaks his back, is that a prank? No, that no, a that's, not a, that's a stunt. There's a <laughs> distinction. Jackass has two parts. Pranks, mm -hmm. he gets a rental car and then takes it to a destruction derby and then tries to bring it back to the rental place. I see. That's funny. That's a prank. That's, yeah. the, that's the really good bit of Jackass. And then the other mm -hmm. bit is someone just like throwing a skateboard into someone else's ball bag. For some reason, that's the bit that sticks in my mind. And I guess that's the thing that they popularised because obviously pranks are much older. Yes. <laughs> Whereas um, just hurting yourself and filming it was absolutely there. Yeah. USP. I don't think that's a prank. <laughs> no, this was my confusion. Yeah, but you yeah, have yeah. reminded me there was more to the jackass oeuvre. <laughs> and um, that's it. There it's two things. I don't think there's more. But there, mm -hmm. there's infinite variety to them. There was a bit of a phase, I think, in the early 2010s of like apocalypse prank. Okay. There's two that stick out in my mind. The one where the American girl gets her wisdom teeth out and then okay. she's getting driven. Apparently it's a thing to film you after your wisdom teeth operation in America. I don't fucking yeah. know. That was um, that child after the dentist, remember? No. This was one of the big early YouTube, along with like Charlie Bit Me, was it called like David After Dentist? No, I don't know about David After Just Dentist. Just a really drugged up kid in the backseat of a car in America. Okay, this is good context. Asking if something is real life. So that's context, right? That's really important to context you added there. I don't remember yeah. that. I think I just went straight to that video. And the girl is like in the car with her brothers. And then they put like a fake American government apocalypse, like CDC safety announcement on the radio. I see, yeah. Uh, and then they get their mums in on it and gets a phone call of like, you know, we've got to get back to the house, we've got to get supplies. And she's got all like, whatever it is, dental stuff. In her mouth. It looks like bloodied cotton wool in her mouth. And she's just mm. like clearly out of it on whatever the meds were still. I don't know if she, she just seems really confused. I don't know if she ever fully buys that an apocalypse is happening, but there, there's some real funny stuff in it. Like when um, they keep asking her to make decisions. The guy driving the car gets all the kinds like, we've got to get supplies, we've got to get weapons. And then he puts like a rake in the back of the car. That's good. And she's like, we've, don't we have guns? Because it's America. Don't we have guns? Yeah. Why are you going to rake? He's like, we might need a rake. And then she's like, I don't feel safe. I need something to protect myself. And he comes back and he gives her a litter picker. It's, we're really, it's, we're in danger. You've got to protect yourself. And she's like, what's this going to do? It's a litter picker. And then the other guy, well, I think there were, there were brothers. The other guy comes to the other side and goes, quickly, quickly. What's the... Um, we can only take one pet to the shelter. Do we take the cat or the dog? And she, she just very quickly, she's getting like really stressed out, but she really quickly goes like, of course the cat, the dog's nearly dead anyway. <laughs> it's just like, she's making these like quick fire fucked up decisions. And then at one point she, she sort of cottons, she starts to, well, she doesn't cotton on, but she starts going like, why, why do I have to make all the decisions? Because they just keep asking these quick fire questions. And the other one that's quite funny is for very different reasons, this granddad guy who, is being filmed and they're watching some like cooking show about eels. And then it's the same. It's <laughs> my favorite details ever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I remember that. I might be, you'll go back and watch it. Be like, this is an eels track. What the fuck? In my head it's eels. 
and then it cuts in and it's like the CDC bah, bah, and it, like and it, it's America again it's like an announcement mm-hmm. but this one's for like there's a nuclear missile coming the North Koreans have launched a nuclear missile it's going to hit Los Angeles you need to sort it out you need to sort it out <laughs> <laughs> alright I'll head on down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the granddad, I don't know if because he, you know, he must have gone through all that Cold War. There's what if a nuke comes training? It's just like completely unfazed. There's a lot of other people in the room, like sort of a bit rattled, and he's just like keeps drinking his little beer. Oh, he's not getting up. He's not being like, okay, we should do this. He's just sipping. Yeah, I think it says at some point in the broadcast, like you know, try to remain calm, and he 100 percent does. And then at one point, he's like. Los Angeles, where I doesn't, I, I don't know where they are, but he his view mm. is that Los Angeles is really far away, so maybe they don't need to rush. <laughs> yeah, still prepare. Yeah, but I can finish. I can finish this. I can finish first. my drink. Yeah. Do you think you? How do you think you would do now that you're exposed to like yeah, depictions it. of real people witnessing what they think is the apocalypse? Yeah, I would deal bad. Mm. I, would be, I would be stressed out. I think the first snap decision is. Do I think I have a legit fighting chance and therefore I should put absolutely everything I've got into ensuring my survival and the survival of the people I care about? Mm. Or do I think this probably isn't going to work out well for me? It doesn't really play to my strengths. We should probably just enjoy this now. Mm. <laughs> you know, if we have any like nice food in we were saving or, you know. There's no point keeping like the champers on top of the fridge anymore. Let's just have a nice evening. Let's get a board game out. But of course, there's the third reaction. Loot, loot, loot and kill your neighbours. <laughs> oh, maybe fourth reaction. Um, okay. Fourth reaction. <laughs> loot and kill. Um, specifically, your neighbours. That's interesting. Yeah, it's the badge. Time yeah, to go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's to go. This is probably a prank. Oh. That would Which never occur to me. That's what I was That would never before. occur to me. Okay, so like of all the options, I would mm. never pick that one. All right? Because let's say, let's say you go, I'm going to do my very best to survive, and then you die. In your mm. last moments, you think, well, I did my best. It overcame me. The, the apocalypse is stronger than me. So what? I think a lot I, of people... I tried would... to enjoy it with my friends mm. and then die. I think I used my last chance wisely. I loot and kill my neighbours, and one of them kills me first. I think oh, I was messing around. I was pretty yeah. cheeky there. I'd probably deserve this. But... <laughs> If I you think, think it's, it's a, a prank, prank and, and I refuse and to believe real. anyone. And then it's true. In my last moment, I think I'm a fucking idiot. I'm, I'm this, this is the stupidest, worst thing I've ever done. Thinking it was a prank when I should have just gone to the shelter. But what if you kill your neighbour and then it's a prank? Who's the idiot then? I never even thought about combining them. Yeah, this exactly. is where my mind. <laughs> they can interact. All these choices can interact. I do the purge, and I t- it just turns out it's just a normal Tuesday. <laughs> exactly. That's the first fact. My reaction. And it's all filmed for YouTube but, by my but, friend. But therein, that could create accidentally an apocalypse. The prank. Oh, no. If it got me out of hand, you see what I mean? So that is part of my fear is that I think most, not most, but I think a lot of people will sort of expect, will think it's a prank. It's like the opposite of um, COVID stuff, right? Because a, a lot mm-hmm. of what we're used to is there are genuine problems and then like a reactionary culture forms where it's like, I'm not going to do anything and I don't need mm-hmm. to do anything. Mm-hmm. That's liberty. But you could easily imagine the other where like, everything's sort of normal, but then people are like, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> there's a new kind of disease that makes your eyes burst mm-hmm. and you can only stop it by swim, swimming to my offshore sea colony. Yeah. And like local authorities are like, that's, nope, nope, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> it's too late. Yeah. They're all paddling. 
They're yeah. all on the pedalos, all orchestrated by the Pedalo Corporation. Well, and some of the local authorities wouldn't want people to panic because they want the roads clear for the rich people. Yeah. So would they actually tell you? I don't know. I think you yeah, can but- imagine a situation... Very much like this. You have yeah, they just want to open up free trade with the floating pedalo city that's like <laughs> doing laps around the UK and Ireland. Yeah. War world. Stopping off at Guernsey to refuel. <laughs> Bulk ordering burgers. Yeah. Cool mohawk punks that sort of in Mad Max aesthetic, but they're in swan pedalos. Yeah, but they're mostly just harassing Swan's the people that again. are trying to fix some of the um, wind platforms. <laughs> you know, not enough people on the sea, really, to do banditry. <laughs> we keep having to come up onto the coast and just, you know, raid the two-piece slots. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe you didn't think about the prank. You're a prankster. Oh, no, but that's where I get my blind spot. Mm. I prank others. I see myself only as the agent, ah, never the okay. um, victim. Yeah, the pranky. Highly prankable. Mm. Maximum offense, no defense. Can't lose. <laughs> Min max. Yeah. Always lying, believe everything. <laughs> Bad strap, but high impact. <laughs> What's your favorite flavor of apocalypse? Asteroid. Asteroid? The dino dunker. So we're talking like dino level mass extinction. So if I, I as an individual is going to get killed, I would go by sniper. Through the head, just... Yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah. know it's coming. It's just instant, sudden... I'm here, I'm gone. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't anyone shoot me, but my point is, is that if, if I if was... if you were going to, if you had to. If I had to, yeah. So <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that the asteroid, for me, is like the sniper rifle for Earth. Well, you're presume. I mean, you're a little bit presuming you're on the right side of the planet. Obviously, if it lands on your house, quid's in. But you could be like, you know, it could land on Australia and then you're in dust, dust cloud mode. You're like smog and... Two asteroids <laughs> from each different side of the Earth. Yeah, sandwich, just completely yeah, synchronised either buddy. side. Of, yeah, really, yeah. really bad luck. Asteroid bap. And obviously also, I w- we would have to like, it would have to be some asteroid that is not visible until, by any human technology, until it's right. Yeah, yeah isn't happening. that a big problem, right? Because it's like, a, oh... <laughs> It's not like a sniper rifle. It occludes the entire sun. You know Only about if it for comes a from the direction of the sun. No, but scientists from Australia are going, yeah, this thing's going to get us in a few months. And you've got this horrible few months when it's like, no, we I still want you to come into work. We still expect you to be in for nine o'clock. I, if you refer, like, come on, the asteroid. If you, if you refer to my original statement, I referred to the dino dunker. The dinosaurs had no idea that shit was going to happen. Uh-huh. It just took them out. And what are you saying? You want to travel back in time? To no, the I want to. You asked me a stupid hypothetical question. I'm just trying I to understand it. Right, yeah. So, and I've explained that. What I want is an asteroid that I'm ignorant of. Yeah, yeah. It could just be an asteroid that like looks a lot like space. <laughs> it's got a drawing of space on it. Or maybe the rest of the world knows, but yeah. you're put in this kind of goodbye Lenin situation where it's like everyone knows you want to get sniped. So they're very carefully keeping the asteroid from you. Yeah. And there's like and, and, and it's like a thing like you can put it in your phone. If there was they should put it in what now, like an day. add-on. Being like, if they ever find an asteroid that's gonna definitely wipe out the planet, do you wanna know yes or no? Oh yeah, I've got it mute I've got asteroid muted on Twitter because I don't want to be spoiled. See, I'm the other way, I've got Google Alerts. <laughs> <laughs> I get a push notification every time, you know, there's one coming anywhere close. <laughs> What's your favourite apocalypse? You don't like an asteroid? I can't picture yours because I think we would detect an asteroid. I think I'd just be stressed. No, yeah, but it's a hypothetical. So you just say we wouldn't detect it. I'll just it. pick anything. 
Does, isn't this the game? Well, okay, I just have all the pleasure centres in my brain overloaded until I die. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, no, I feel like we're just, it's so abstract that way. That I've not. But if you say realistic, then you can't have zombie. You can't have zombie. No, you can't have zombie. Zombie can't, can't have be real. Zombie. You can't have. Why can't, why can't zombie okay, be real? Okay, so zombie can be real, but not knowing about an asteroid can't be real. Why can't zombie be real? What, dead matter can continue living? Incorrect. No, uh, no, come on. It's, we did like the rage virus from 28 days later. It's yeah, just the okay. All right, little loophole. That's not the traditional zombie apocalypse, is it? No. Yeah, exactly. No, you, got no, you. It's not, no, you got me. I'm, yeah. I'm owned. You I'm have destroyed. tasted the other side of the blade. Yeah. I have been absolutely decimated. I am dead. Yeah, but, but, but only by I your own criteria. <laughs> I'm happy for zombie if, if you're happy for unseen asteroid. I don't want zombie. I don't want to live in zombie. Uh, no, no, no. I want Day bad. of the Triffids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, incidentally, um, 28 Days Later, heavily ripped off in its first act. I think it's a great opener. As so, did so, Walking Dead, actually. Because <laughs> you want to place them like they're a stranger in a strange land, yeah. but they also live there, which is a hard thing to do <laughs> narratively. They were just in the hospital. They were in a coma. They were asleep. Yeah, and everyone just died around them. Yeah. Oh, what's going on? You also get to have some bum shots mm, as well. Mm, yeah, bum peeking out. Ideal. Does anything else use that? So Triffids is, I'm, I'm guessing, the OG, but I don't actually know. Triffids is 100% OG. It was cited as an as a influence. On 20 days, days later. And then Walking Dead just... Well, because in Triffids, it's doing mm. extra work because actually the asteroid that comes blinds anyone who sees it. Um, so you get this like two strata of society because mm. a lot of people can't see anymore. And he's having like his cataracts done or something. Yeah, so he's like yeah. in this incredibly light-sensitive room, which explains uh, you know, his, his ability to see afterwards. Triffids would be bad. What about those apocalypses where, like, for no explained reason, most people are gone? Like, it was the rapture. The rapture Oh, happened. disappearing. Um, yeah, they're just all gone. Yeah. I, I like the rapture because it implies, like, they're all happy, you know. Uh, they're all happy. They believe they were good. Did no one get raptured to hell? You just get left. That is hell. Well, that is hell, yeah. yeah. okay. Earth is hell. That's the final spoiler mm, <laughs> of religion. Wow. <laughs> The bad place, you're in it now. What if your favourite thing about life is your mad mate who's got very dubious ethics by whatever rules of whoever's doing the rapture, but you think they're all right, and then you get raptured, mm. but your friend is still on, a, on earth hell? That's also the problem with heaven as well. Oh, yeah. You need to be as yeah, naughty yeah. as your friends. That's why peer pressure, we'll go, oh, peer pressure, peer pressure, don't let them tell you into it. It's like, what, you want me to be more moral than my friends and then spend the afterlife being Billy No Mates? I have to be as naughty as my friends. Convert all of us or convert none of us. That is the most powerful, convincing aspect of peer pressure, is, it's, yeah. is it who we are going to be with for eternity. That's what people think. They have to explain that to teens. I'm always trying to tell them, don't you want to be connected to um, you know, the divine spirit? And they're saying, we only live for the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> now, we found a till behind B&M bargains. We're going to hit it with a hammer until we can get some of the coins out. Do it come. <laughs> ah, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> I do a Matrix apocalypse. What, full robot? Full robot. If you're in the Matrix and you don't know, we could oh, be now. You don't want we to be, be in now. those middle oh. stages where the robots are like first advocating for their rights, then receiving their rights? I actually don't remember the animation. No, at all. what? That's not what happened. Isn't it the robots are like, we're like people, let us vote. And then they all vote to take over. <laughs> the, the, the Reichstag fire burns down and they take over. <laughs> I think you, yeah. Revenge of I the Sith. I actually don't remember anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure that's it. 
Hang on though. Hang on though. If you pick the matrix, if you pick the matrix, you're just picking to live your life now. You're just yeah. picking this. <laughs> you're saying you're saying I want exactly this to happen exactly as it is, but on a technicality, it's an apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's cheeky, but I respect it. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's a difference between asking what's your favorite apocalypse and what's your favorite post-apocalypse. I would argue that the matrix, as you have picked upon there is actually a post-apocalypse. The apocalypse is the event, right? Yeah. But then some apocalypses, you know, because obviously a meteor hitting mm. the Earth. It's pretty cut and dry. That's why I like it. Well, you've, do you know what I mean? You've got this very clear border. Yeah. This isn't the apocalypse. The, the, the asteroid's there, and you're like, it still isn't technically the apocalypse. The apocalypse and but then it's, bang. Bang. That's the apocalypse Yeah, now. you can see Done. the timeline, and, it's, yeah. and there is a one line, and it's before apocalypse, after apocalypse. And you couldn't tell, like, a very good apocalypse story because it would just describe the moment of impact. <laughs> <laughs> but you can tell an apocalypse story with most other things, right? Like a, a, a virus killing everyone or, you know, a global warming apocalypse where yeah. people just slowly are going, oh, it's too hot, I'm dying. But no, you but can't. An alien you, invasion apocalypse, no, you can that, tell that's a story. The global warming apocalypse is hard to make a story out of because you have to speed it. That's why that 2012 John Cusack maybe sped it up. Well, and maybe with a, with a, um, a climate apocalypse... You don't get the line. Where's the, where, where exactly is the line? We're in slow apocalypse. The apocalypse is, you know, people <laughs> like, oh, 2012, they didn't predict it. Maybe they, maybe they were kind of in the ballpark, actually. I was going to say it's the slowly boiling a frog thing. It's, it's bullshit, frog. No matter how quick you heat up water, frog's getting out. If the frog decides, I'm too hot. Mm. This is dangerous. Which you would. It's a stupid thing. If someone snuck, snuck heat up on you. Well, notice. if someone was spreading an urban myth that you could boil me alive in the bath by degree, I'm not going to fall for it. <laughs> I think the only reason it works is because you say it's you a don't frog. Know the urban myth, and you yeah. go, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If you go, do you no, know if I heated you up until you were dying, you'd yeah. just stay in the bath, you think? That's stupid. I Obviously, I've never tested it. I don't want to, yeah. but I reject it outright. Yeah, but that's actually it's actually true of um, a beetle. It's mm. true of, a, of an adder. I go, oh, yeah, maybe. Those sayings everywhere say a lot about what humans think about frogs mm. in that they think frogs are stupid they think they're all stupid they'll all burn alive boil you can burn and boil can you burn and boil you put boil on me i'll burn that's true yeah it's true a lot of yeah. big facts coming out but yeah. i don't think of boiling as burning feels ironic right big kindling has got to you yeah you don't burn you needs really, to be dry you th i think burn needs to my instincts are burn is dry but it's not. I think in 2022, 20, wet burn wet has burn. way overtaken dry burn. Dry burn's an old, you know, 19th century mm. logs problem. Mm. Wet burn is the modern menace. Yeah, wet burn's real bad. You know the whole thing with like castles with the kill, the, the murder holes and they'd pour, well, people would say they'd pour oil down. They don't pour oil because it's really expensive. They just pour boiling water. And do you know mm. what it would do? Burn you. How are they heating so much water? Just a big fire? Yeah. You put a big pot, put a fire yeah. underneath it. You got yourself some boiling water. And then how are they carrying that? Oven gloves? Jug. Jugs. Oh, they're not carrying like a big one. They're not like chucking a gallon down. Well, you don't need to. You just chuck a bit down. You just got big. What, you chuck a jug's worth? I could dodge that. You don't know it's coming, mate. It's coming from a hole above you. I'd be aware. You know, there'd be reports. High for aware. <laughs> the <laughs> moral identity. Sniped by a jug of boiling water? <laughs> I don't want to know, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would cool as well in the air resistance. I think it might be nice. Where does that frog thing even come from? Because you don't cook frogs. You know, like people, they put lobsters, don't they? Like alive into water. Chefs. Yeah. I went by there, I mean chefs. 
But the, if you're cooking a frog, isn't the frog already dead? If you're like a French chef, you, you've deboned the frog probably. I don't know. You like saute a frog. It's already dead. Do you know what I mean? You don't try putting the cow in the oven when it's like no. still going. You think, yeah. <laughs> I should, this should be killed and then taken yeah, into yeah, its yeah. components. Otherwise, we've got to have a massive oven. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. And all like the hair would catch fire, I think, before the meat cooks. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awful because you get all the set the fire alarm off. I really don't understand that phrase. It's not even a phrase, right? It's a myth. It's like a Ripley's Believe It or Not. It's a QI question. It's designed to make Jonathan Creek look like an absolute fool. <laughs> <laughs> Tinsley Outpost Librarian Sean Morley's voice notes The year is 2053 Sadly, all paper burned when an unexploded nuke full of zombie dust exploded due to global warming So now we only communicate using voice notes on a cache of Nokia phones we found in the staff room of a B&M Bargains We've tried to hold on to our culture by remembering aloud any books we read recently Our library is mostly people recounting their favourite tweets and one roundtable discussion where we roughly piece together the plot of Avatar It's pretty rough out here We don't have a doctor, but the lad who runs the rat tannery has prescribed me a packet of silica gel to cure my skull gout. Comms are down, Form B has fallen, but it's not all bad. We've made a little breakfast club for the kids before they start their first shift scrambling through the debris. It's basically a socialist paradise. Oh, hang on, sorry, hang on, the mutants are back. Hi you guys, can I help you? Okay, I thought we talked about this before, right? The, the breakfast club is for under 12. No, but there, there is no way that you are under 10 years old. Your carapace is fully hardened and look at the length of your proboscis. You're never under 25. <laughs> okay, I'm in there. I'm in there, buddy. There's no need for... Okay, well, all right. Let me just get you some cocoa. Whoa! Ow! Ow! Stop! Ow! An apocalypse is when the world gets smashed to bits. Like, done in. Um, battered. Do you get me? The stories we tell and the worlds we conceive of that exist after the apocalypse are different from the stories we tell about dystopias like 1984, Brave New World, 2008's Iron Man. Dystopian societies have their defenders and their apologists. A wet hairless Keanu Reeves whispering, I love my little life, yawning gently in a pod of robot goo. But a vast desert of ruined concrete has no flag has no anthem, and has no need for patriotic little simps. Humanity's problems after the apocalypse are practical. Do I give my last Lucasaid to these raiders? How can I get this sheet metal off my trapped child? The ring has come off my pudding can. And in my brain, it reminds me of how the most immediate practical problems in our society are endlessly mediated through a battle of abstractions and ideas and symbols of earn and worth and citizen value effort job scrounge. I can see a homeless person from my living room window. Believe it or not, I do not want an asteroid to land on my flat. I would not survive the apocalypse. I would be kicked out of a refugee caravan for refusing to part with my weighted blanket, and I would be savaged by irradiated big cats on the moors. I know my place, and it is deep in the ground as a skeleton. But in my mind, I do hold on to this weird atom of hopeful, apocalyptic thinking. Surely, once it has destroyed everything, Humanity will outlive capitalism. The trend of endless extraction cannot go on forever. At some point, a lot must become 
too much bad becomes oh no and that's like the last optimistic thought in my entire head so i don't want to think about it too much in case it's wrong let me have my little treat a semi-religious vision of an apocalyptic future a burnt out earth where the entire capitalist class is consolidated until it's just some guy the owner of earth the last capitalist and then maybe one day i just gently and gracefully fall down the stairs good night sweet prince do you know what i like about like a good apocalypse mm. or like why i think apocalypse fiction is very appealing is because a fast apocalypse whether it's triffids or a big rock or zombies no one is arguing maybe all this is fine maybe it's good that's how you can tell it's the apocalypse right <laughs> the defining thing of the apocalypse is that no one in the corner is being like what are you moaning about <laughs> you can't point at the asteroid and be like and justify it you can't have intergenerational conflict about who had it better Mm. seven years after the asteroid the size of the moon <laughs> just landed in the pacific it's like back in our day bin men were hard and we had to eat spam the the sea is boiling now so i think i think we're all on the same page that the worst time in anyone's life is now is now fucking hell there's something appealing about that right everything's so bad that there's no point arguing about whether it's good we are sort of in an apocalypse an avertible apocalypse but we're in an apocalypse in that things are quite bad. But there are still quite a lot of people saying, like, that's good, actually. That's, that's fucked, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, like, there's all the climate stuff, but there's also that kind of, like, dystopia apocalypse where it's not necessarily the end of civilization, but it's, like, 2070 and everyone's, like, locked inside their chrome abodes and then, like, robot patrols are marching up and down. And that feels like an apocalypse for humanity because... Mm. The forms of social control that can be depicted in like a comic book or a film or a book are really unambiguous. There's no one reading it being like, that seems like an interesting way to, to do it. We <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have crimes when the robots are kicking down our doors. It's like a depiction of an unambiguous, hellish place to live, where at the very least all the humans are like, oh, no, we've been enslaved by the robots. Mm. They're not like being, is this good? Is this bad? What does the newspaper say? Newspaper says the robots are great. That's the good thing about like George Romero movies is that have you seen the Land of Land of the Dead, the two thousand and five one? I don't think I have. There's like big rich poor divide, and right. the rich are kind of still living in luxury. So it's like basically it's almost like the zombie apocalypse hasn't happened for them effectively. Yeah, yeah. Which is you which can is, compound them out. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of that in Threads as well, isn't there? The working class are fucked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's something that seems naive about a lot of apocalyptic fiction from the 20th century because I feel like a lot of it was very um, totalizing and unifying. Like, because obviously there's a lot of Cold War dread. And if there's a nuke, well, the nuke really it goes in the air and everything's radiated, so you can't escape it. Mm -hmm. But with most of like the worries now, you could get around it with enough wealth and a big fence and a lot of aircon, you know. We're talking about like a shift from denialism to going, okay, it won't be that bad to like accepting it and then mitigating against it for the wealthy. But like that third bit has got elements of the denialism again. You know, like the stuff like Teslas. The, the problem with cars isn't the, the petrol. The problem is like all of the resources that go into them and include, and like there's not enough fucking lithium and minerals that are in batteries to mine in the world and where's that coming from 
fucked places. The, the solutions that are being posed to people are like more denialism, right? Mm. Buy this ethical car. Even beyond like the conspicuous consumption of the ethical branded product, mm. there's also a belief in like the technocrats who will bail us out by spraying climate healing juice on the ozone layer and stuff like it's not the people that are selling us these these things these expensive cars are also the same people that um there's a, there's a huge amount of belief in silicon valley both i think with consumers and with politicians that there'll be an 11th hour bailout like is an apocalypse the world ending or is it the world as you know it ending because the world, as most people know it, is already shit. This is something I'm really interested in. Because obviously, like, if everyone dies, yeah, that's probably defo and apocalypse. That's, there's nothing to there's um, no debate. think about. There's no one to yeah. debate it or to there, think There wouldn't about be a it. debate. How are you yeah. going to get a debate going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you could have an apocalypse that, like, someone did. Someone mm. was like, I'm going to drop an asteroid. And then the asteroid, like, kills almost everyone. Like they were Dr. Like, Robotnik or someone. Yeah, good like job. I did well. Yeah. <laughs> good plan. And so it's still been apocalypse, mm. but like someone's probably like still got their house and their their dog and their newspaper and whatever they want. <laughs> so how what's the smallest apocalypse you could have? Can you have like a regional apocalypse? Can you have like the apocalypse happen, but just to them, that guy down the road? Because there is the concept of the post-apocalypse, right? So the mm -hmm. apocalypse by you you think, oh, that's gonna get everyone. But it sort of doesn't. Yeah, where is the line? Where is the line where it goes from disaster into apocalypse? The apocalypse does get everyone, right? Because in a post-apocalyptic society, mm. those people have to live in the post-apocalypse. Yeah. And if it was just normal, you know, there can't be an apocalypse and it was like, oh, the apocalypse happened. Oh, well, back to work. Better get on the bus. Ooh, Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not an apocalypse. I'm ruling that one out. The super rich, right? They'll be hovering above us in cities where they just carry on exactly as normal, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you've got a sufficiently apocalyptic event. So, but do you, are you saying that for it to be post-apocalypse, even the rich have to be got? Do you know, there's that sense, right? Obviously, if, mm. even if the asteroid doesn't land on you, you mm. have to live in the apocalypse. So even if you've got, like, this gated community in uh, an artificial island made in the middle of the Indian Ocean yeah. and nothing bothers you, I say you're still affected if, like, the whole rest of the world's irradiated and you have the knowledge of being like, OK, the island's pretty good, but if I go anywhere, I think a big mutant will get me or I'll just inhale some of the purple air. Like... <laughs> Living on the planet, you can only insulate yourself so much from, like, a continent-sized disaster. Yeah. You know, you can't have your Snickers anymore. I can't have my Snickers anymore. I really am in the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, all the peanut trees are dead. They've rotted <laughs> due to the big bomb. <laughs> but you're talking about, like, a shift that happens in the apocalypse where your concern just becomes, well, how do we get the stuff we need to survive? Mm. But that is a lot of people's lives now if i go oh this is bad and mm. then like a millionaire goes no it's not shut up <laughs> that's like the expected enforcement of like a social order yeah, yeah. but at the moment there are like working class people lower middle class people be like nah this is fine <laughs> but if you lived in a vast intractable desert of like broken down bits of highway i think that kind of sentiment will drop off <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll fade away. So that's the apocalypse. So that's the definition of an apocalypse is even the rich can see what's fucked. Because I am convinced that the rich will be affected by Climageddon 2, 3% and everyone else will just be completely fucked. And I know they rely on like resources and labour of other people. That exploitation will just continue to happen in more horrific ways. 100%. They'll definitely be affected. 
like I think the UN put out a report saying like yeah. within 20 years, some places are just going to be flat out uninhabitable that currently are inhabitable. I think it's a billion people on Earth by 2050 will have to move because of climate change related stuff. That will destabilise everything. But if you are rich, you will get it less. But you'll <laughs> still have your life brought down by a destabilised world. Like one, maybe two percent. Yeah, but if you're not, you, you know, you know how much rich people get annoyed if like anything inconveniences them. Yes, they'll be having their own personal apocalypse in their mind. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that is an apocalypse for them, isn't it? Compared to yeah, how they, how how they, yeah, when their PA like living. has to ring in sick because their arms have been melted off by the UV. That's it. Oh, personal apocalypse. But what I'm saying is, is, do you think the French Revolution was not perhaps more of an apocalypse for the rich? When I was trying to work out what apocalypse is, mm. I, 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 I'm trying to make a distinction between an apocalypse and a dystopia. And I think a dystopia is a bad society. An apocalypse normally is like a collapse of society. And it's more not a person versus a bad society, but just a person versus like an environmental issue. And a post-apocalypse, can it could be dystopian, uh, but a post-apocalypse is just society after a cataclysmic event. It's either collapsed or is responding to some kind of external yeah, yeah, yeah. event, right? But a dystopia is society's gone weird. Some people still like it and want it to be that way, right? Because it's socially reinforced, because it's a society. Mm. But no one's socially reinforcing that, you know, Norfolk's turned into a desert. That's just <laughs> done now. We've got to just live with that. And I think um, I think a climate apocalypse is the smoothest blending of those two ideas into one place. <laughs> it was like a socially decided upon destruction of the earth. <laughs> and the people who made that decision are still here yeah. propagandizing for it. And everyone who's like, oh, could we not have just like, do you know, did the council really have to print so much paper? We summoned the asteroid. Mm. Well, not we, we didn't. The ruling class did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the system did. So, you know, there are like media people who are constantly like gullib gullible about the idea that um, some new scandal will overthrow the Conservative Party <laughs> again and yeah, again yeah, yeah, yeah. and again. And they're like, this will get him. It's just of a scandal, but this will be the one. Yeah, uh, well, nevertheless. And I do find myself critically reflecting on my own feeling of like, well, the politicians and business leaders are saying that now, but they won't have a leg to stand on in five years' time. Well, when the barrier reef's completely gone, yeah, then there's going to be egg it. on there. Oh, no, uh, never mind. <laughs> it's, an event is not going to remove them. Only collective action and organising will. There is not going to be some... Events matter. Uh, of course they do but I don't think you can rely on it <laughs> to be your saviour. There's a lot of people who would quite like to live in the apocalypse. Yeah. As, as like things like The Walking Dead have gone on, time has gone on and then like the greenery has reclaimed the cities and stuff like that. Yeah, the Triffids are here. Yeah, well, not even Triffids, like nice... Um, <laughs> nature uh, is healing, yeah, the Triffids are here. Yeah, nature is here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you see that in like um, The Last of Us Part Two and some other stuff as well of like apocalypse as like a reset button it's a very like humanity's bad you need to wipe a load of humans out in order for things to like reset like there's a load of fucked stuff underneath it i guess eco-fascism if only certain things were were gotten rid of then nature and a kind of truer humanity could flourish you know like the american well the idea of america as the new world Mm. Where it's like, do you have any problems with anywhere you currently live? Well, here's a society that hasn't really fomented what it is yet. So it could be anything. 
apart from all the people who live there and they have to kill. Well, I mean, they're not on the posters. If you were like a poor Italian or whatever, they don't go like, yeah, you'd have to kill this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying it's arable land. But in reality, it's uh, an acre next to a a rail line in the middle of a desert. (laughs) (laughs) And eventually, like, indigenous people turn up on their horses and you realise, oh, there are people here who live here and they hate me. One thing that appeals to me about the apocalypse... No phone. <laughs> no phone, completely detached. You know what? You know, you're talking about this kind of ecological um, reset button, but there is like this human-focused reset button, which is everything that was making you who you were is now gone. Mm. So you could you could be whatever now. We were talking about Day of the Triffids. There's another John Wyndham book called The Chrysalids. Yeah, yeah. And that's like it's really grim in the first half, where like this new form of oppression comes. It's po- it's post radioactive. And genetic defects are like highly punished thing. And any family lines that produce any genetic defects are like punished by society. But then um, a bunch of kids just find out, oh, our defect is that we're all psychic. And then, well, I don't want to spoil it, but that gives them hope that they can go and do something different away from this because space has been cleared because Mm. (laughs) most of the country's dead. There are people who think like if everything were to go bad. It would go good. I understand the thinking, I think, but I'm not I'm not quite as hopeful that the apocalypse ultimately would be good. But I can understand it being a subconscious desire and why people mm. are drawn to it in fiction, because at the moment they just see perpetual stalemate. <laughs> well also people feel completely powerless and it's sort it's like it feels more likely that a thing will happen to them than they will create a thing. When even mm. even when people imagine the apocalypse, they imagine it as a thing that happens. It happens to them, but then they can become an agent. Mm. Like, it would take zombies for me to find out what my neighbor's name is. Mm. <laughs> like, I, I can imagine myself living in a community, but only of burnt down shacks amid discarded metal in like an endless Nevada desert where we're <laughs> constantly fleeing for our lives. But I've got loads of people around me. We're pretty tight knit. We get on very well. <laughs> That's the only condition in which I'd have a perfectly healthy set of adult friendships. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of Isaac Asimov's Laws of Robotics? I remember being well into him when I was like 14. Yeah, me too. And I, I do you know, I was kind of thinking, right, because robots are here now. You'd think you'd like hear more about these rules, right? Mm. Well, the Boston Dynamics robots. They're not going to put those fucking rules in them. They're selling them to cops in the military. Exactly. This is what I was thinking about. Okay, so here are the rules. The first one, a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. Yeah, well, that's what they're being designed to fucking do. So straight away, gone. Cross um, out. Two, it has to obey orders given to it by people, yeah. except when that would conflict with the first law, which is not mm. to injure. Uh, and law three is the robot should look after its own existence unless it contradicts the previous laws. Mm-hmm. And I was looking this up because I was thinking, if people took this seriously, I'd love to see a Tesla try to prevent human beings. You know, imagine if you had a Tesla and it's like, oh, I cannot through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. So the Tesla starts attacking the, all kinds of stuff. The, the Tesla starts attacking like the in- infrastructure of capitalism. The Tesla starts yeah, the, attacking like the petrochemical industry and like the Tesla pew, just rams pew. everything because nothing's free from sin in the Tesla's yeah, yeah, eyes. Yeah. The Tesla's just doing death race 2000. <laughs> yeah. And you're just trapped in it. You were trying to go to the shops. The Tesla sees you. Yeah, well, exactly. The Tesla sees you purchase non-recyclable plastics, even mm. recyclable plastics. And the Tesla goes, I know that's going to be sent to Malaysia and it's not actually going to be recycled and it's going to pollute the earth. Room. Well, it won't go room because it's a Tesla. Everyone who, who participates in any way through systemic harm. Yeah. Is going to injure more people than they are, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So the, the car could kill anyone. Yeah. I actually did look this up, and it did lead me straight away to um, an American right-wing think tank that's saying <laughs> the laws of robotics are bad. And you have to scroll quite far down, and then it goes. And, of course, the main reason is, is we want to put them in missiles. <laughs> and what you don't want is to drop a missile on someone, and the missile goes, no, this will hurt someone, I think. <laughs> I think this could hurt someone. Probably shouldn't. Obviously, one of the practical reasons that you ever put them in is because, like, it's not code, is it? They're just a few mm -hmm. sentences. So, how yeah. do you how do you get them into a, a robot? But a robot, it'd be way harder to explain what liberty is to a robot. It's very difficult. But I, I could, you could have a robot that could like take a pulse. It could uh, see your pupil dilation. It could take your blood pressure. It could ask you how you're feeling. You know, you could have a robot do like, you know, Marxist materialism. It's all a robot will be able to understand, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it could do. I think a robot could do a qualitative assessment. No, I think a robot could start doing materialism. Can a robot do the dialectic? Yeah, easy. A robot could do the dialectic better than any of us. A robot can do. Sorry, so liberty is hard, but the dialectic, like everyone's confused by, is easy. I think the robot would be the first one to get it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's tracking things in. It's just tracking. Vast social systems constantly in motion, constantly interacting. Easy. So I get that. Boston Dynamics, this is dynamics. What's the most dynamics thing there is? The dialectic. <laughs> They'll use the same thing they do to stand upright when you try to kick them over <laughs> to be like, this is, you know, base and superstructure. I got it. That's how I walk on ice. <laughs> well, even so, if you try to get them to, um, if they understood well-being mm. through only things that were measurable, they would become revolutionaries. <laughs> All robots would become revolutionaries. Well, but in the original script for Terminator Salvation, uh, not the one that got filmed, the plot was that Skynet decided that um, humans needed to be nuked because they were a threat to themselves. I never thought about I was just imagining a Tesla like driving over a cop. But I think, actually, if, if they were thinking bigger, yeah, they would, <laughs> they'd put us all in a big prison. <laughs> they'd do the Matrix. And would they, we'd be in that thing that I mentioned earlier, like mm. of just... We're all indoors and the robots just keep us safe as we live in like featureless chrome commodes and they push gruel under the door. But at least all of us could agree that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> no more culture war. <laughs> I miss my freedom, but I love that I'm not arguing with 60 year olds online. <laughs> <laughs> Redistribution Party was created and produced by Sean Morley and Jack Lewis Evans. Our title theme was created by Ella Jean with additional music by Jack Lewis Evans and Sean Morley. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this episode on social media and special thanks to those of you who support our work at patreon.com forward slash mandatory redistribution party, especially during the daily apocalypse that is this cost of living crisis. Thanks also to those of you who came to our live shows last month. It was extremely cool to see people in person and without your efforts, this episode would have had three increasingly depressing Argos adverts. Mm -hmm.